Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Spooky um, Halloween uh, episode, I guess. I guess this is going to be like a Halloween episode. Yeah. Sounds great. Hell yeah. Do you have anything? How was your week? Exhausting. <laughs> okay. Great. I, it's just, it's been a whirlwind because we obviously took a couple weeks off from the podcast. And in that time, like, I think we've just done a lot of personal stuff, trying to get ourselves back to a good, clean slate. And this last week has been extremely busy. This whole month is extremely busy for us. So, yeah, we tend to do like a lot of shit in October. Which like last year got married. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's we don't plan things very well. So we plan things. Well, we don't um, we plan too much, I would say. Yeah. Sometimes but that's OK. Yeah. And it's just overwhelming, especially with our schedules and everything like that. It's fine. Hopefully next year we'll learn our lesson, but probably not. Probably not. Cool. Do you have anything? Nope. Sick. Nothing. Great. I'm ready to get into the spooky stuff let's do it cool um i am first and mine is uh shorty but goody oh okay are you ready uh to hear about asylum 49 aka the old tuella hospital i am very excited i love this have you seen this episode of ghost Adventures? i have i've seen both of the episodes oh, for ghost adventures okay yeah they do a twofer for this one they do one before the nursing facility shuts down and they right. do one after right super cool right okay um so we're gonna go back in the Wayback machine uh <laughs> the to fuck? the year of 1873 damn a man named samuel f lee built a structure in order to provide himself and the members of his family with a place to live this was in um utah which is where this whole story takes place it's in utah it is. It is in Tuella, Utah. But it wasn't called that at the time, obviously. Cool. Do you have any more questions? No, I was just going to say that <laughs> it's, like, closer than I thought it was. So, like, maybe we can make a trip down. Yeah, totally. Um, year of 1913, which is, you know, 40 years after they kind of made their own settlement there, Lee family had moved out of that structure, and the county turned it into a home for those that were elderly and needed special care, supervision, a.k.a. Um, what, nursing home. I never know what to call. I want to call them old folks' homes. I don't know why. I've never understood why. Assisted I called them living that. facility. There. Yeah. I was like nursing Retirement home and assisted home. living are the, the ones that come to my home. head. I don't know. But I'm no expert. Um, at that time, a lot of the locals referred to it as the county poorhouse, which sucks. That's <laughs> Gross. kind of a misnomer, I think. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't long before the residents of the county recognized the structure as an appropriate location for a hospital. Okay. The new hospital that opened in that area uh, opened in the year 1953, and it was built um, for what is referred to as the Tuella Army Depot. Huh. A bunch of little adjustments were made to the building to make sure that, like, ac- adequate medical care could be provided. Okay. Um, obviously, you can't just turn, like, any building into a hospital, right? Like, hospitals have to have some specific yeah like the doors have to be wide enough for gurneys right. and stuff house yeah yep um the hospital was found to be a bit more attractive to the residents as uh as the old tuella hospital had no individual restrooms so like the old hospital sucked ass this one was better okay um there's no bathrooms in a hospital? Not, yeah, they were like, there were bathrooms. But, but like, they, not, not for not the public? Per room. No, oh, it was individual per... bathrooms. 
And that they would only suck. had like community. Could bathrooms. you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> that would suck. That would suck. Especially in a hospital. That's kind of gross. Yeah, that's you know super I mean? gross. Um, in addition to that, there was no special location identified for like a morgue. Um, oh, no. So there was like no specific place for the people who died there to go. Good. Obviously another problem. The local mortuary would have to come and pick up the bodies like as they had time to do so. <laughs> That's like, concerning. presents a lot of problems, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Tuella Valley Hospital was the first modern state-of-the-art medical facility in the city of Tuella. Keep in mind, this was state-of-the-art for 1953. So, no computers. Uh, no. Um, like we have the coolest stethoscopes just medical care in general had like a really long way to go it's still kind of sketchy isn't that crazy to think that like technology yeah. has really progressed yeah. medical advancements like yeah. we wouldn't have half the shit that we have like mris oh yeah that wasn't even a thing back then nope ultrasound you, you had like x-rays that was it well yeah but i mean like that's just basically taking a fancy photo right um so even though like people who went to this hospital got great care for the time, uh, the hospital took on an ominous nickname. Oh no! Hospital of Death, with which technically every hospital is that. Yeah, it's not like there's a hospital that hasn't <laughs> yeah. had a single person dying. Yeah, in. right. That's kind of the point of a hospital. You're like on the brink of dying, and they're right. trying to save you. Yeah, it probably didn't help that the Tuella City Cemetery sits right next door, oh my and God. obviously took in plenty of people who passed at the hospital. Oh, no. So the hospital goes on. By the 2000s, so 50 years, uh-huh. um, it was becoming apparent that the infrastructure of the building was not great. It was falling apart, and nobody really wanted to put in the money uh, to like update it right. when a brand new one could be built for virtually the same amount of money. Right. So uh, that building was abandoned in 2002 once a new hospital was built. That's so dumb. The old Tuella Hospital has been the site of many acclaimed hauntings and various types of paranormal activity. Um, worth noting that two very popular movies were filmed uh, here. The first was called The Fastest Indian. Uh, this movie documented the true story of motorcycle legend Burt Munro, as in M-U-N-R-O. <laughs> interesting very interesting spelling for that uh second movie was filmed that was filmed at the hospital was the stand by stephen king oh no shit yep i had no idea yeah that's pretty cool so a few years later 2006 a guy by the name of kim anderson elected to create what's now known as asylum 49 uh, which he was going to design as like an attraction for kids and other members of the community for Halloween. So it was like a haunted house, basically. Yeah. Mr. Anderson had a pretty hard time. He, he was like a skeptic when it came to paranormal stuff, but obviously as soon as people were getting in there and creating this haunted house, all kinds of stories start cropping up. But he had a very hard time um, accepting these stories uh, surrounding paranormal events that were happening there. However, uh, after spending quite a bit of time researching the old 2L hospital, he quickly changed gears and became a believer. Um, How interesting to, like, have a haunted house and be like, oh, yeah, this shit doesn't exist. Yeah, literally. Also, Bear saying hello. (laughs) Uh, His wife, Rebecca, eventually contacted a man by the name of Troy Wood and an organization of paranormal researchers referred to as the Utah Ghost Organization, or UGO. Uh, The group did the very first paranormal (laughs) investigation of the hospital in 2007. Barry got a lot to say. She does have a lot to say. (laughs) She goes, I'm hungry. Right. 
Um, what the UGO found while they were doing the ver- the very first investigation there was crazy. Um, but the employees were kind of used to all these things, and locals had heard stories about the place, so it didn't really surprise a ton of people except the you know investigative team and they were stoked because they got all kinds of good yeah. shit um yeah, yeah. literally thousands of evps have been documented during all oh the various vest investigations that have happened since Dang. pictures and videos have been identified that are said to contain a whole bunch of types of shadow figures apparitions mists different orbs all kinds of the typical um things that you can catch on camera right once a few investigations had been conducted by this team uh, the hospital elected to allow the public to have access to the area so they worked together with the ugo the utah ghost organization and um now you can go and do ghost hunts there which is pretty cool along with going to like the actual haunted attraction which is like a separate part um ghost hunts happen two times a month from the beginning of the year uh until july which is interesting that they don't go. I'm sure they have to close down in July once they're getting ready for the haunted house to be like. Oh, it's like prep for it or something. Yeah, probably yeah. that probably takes a lot of fucking work. Yep. Reportedly, and I, I put this in bold, a spiritual portal is said to exist at the old Tuella Hospital. I put reportedly in bold because I don't get where people get that shit. The portals? Yeah, like, <laughs> there must be a portal here. It's like, oh, there's so much oh, it was energy. A I mean, it's probably came from Zach fucking Bagans because he was like, oh, there's devils here. Probably. Um, also, reportedly, uh, it's said that a nurse by the name of Maria guards the portal. This portal what? What? contains a very bright light in which the deceased are highly attracted to. Isn't uh, that heaven? I, if you believe in that, sure. I'm just saying what people go by. I don't know, man. Um, the people who have died while being cared for in their old age often quote-unquote go, go towards this light or go towards any light. Like, that's a pretty common thing we say, uh, believing that, that w- that's the portal to a peaceful afterlife. However, Maria informs them on, quote, the other side that that's not the area that they should go to, which is interesting. I think Maria is the devil in disguise. Just trying to lure people. No, I mean, like, good for her. Awakening. We don't need. Fuck that. We don't need more (laughs) people in heaven. Heaven is hell, basically. Okay. I'm just kidding. Um, a psychic medium that toured the facility did her own investigation, and she apparently confirmed all this information. I, you know, give that whatever credence you feel is appropriate. I don't know. Um, it's said that a patient by the name of Wes haunts the house or the house, the hospital as well. He uh, passed away and seems to be a bit confused and scared. He reportedly had Alzheimer's at the time of oh. his death. And this is heartbreaking. It's believed that he ne- like he didn't get better. Yeah, right. Like his ghost has Alzheimer's. Oh, no. Which is terrible. He is known to stay in the room that was uh, assigned to him in life. And uh, like the hallway just outside of that room as well. A medium came into the hospital and attempted to help him cross over. Um... But did not do that successfully, and she found that there is an entity that stays very close to him when he's in the hallway, and that entity is described as being very dark. Oh. There's several other spirits. Well, I wonder, what if, like, Alzheimer's is really just, like, malevolent spirits, like, just fucking around? Isn't that pretty creepy? Ew. 
And it just keeps following him around with this like uh, ghost. Sorry. It's dark. Like this. Continue, spirit. please. <laughs> <laughs> there are several other spirits that are said to haunt the old Tuella hospital. Names are Richard, James, Ned, Peter, and even Jessica, the five whitest names you could think of. No. Supposedly. John. There's no John, there's, there's no, no John. Sarah. You're right. There's a Jessica. There is a Jessica. She is supposedly a young child. Um, don't know how they get that. The spirits have made themselves known to the visitors, employees, as well as the like all the different organizations that go in and uh, investigate the place. They, people, whether it be employees or people visiting or the actual ghost hunters or investigators, have heard voices, seen apparitions, experienced events in which all of these supposed spirits have made themselves known. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of, I just, I, I get kind of skeptical when you get like very specific names, but like every ghost hunt, every ghost hunt we've gone on, they've done the same thing. And I'm like, how do you know that that's who it is? Right. Especially. Like, ooh, yeah. John. I know. Like I can get like getting a vibe from a ghost, but like, how can you put a name to it? Especially like if you use like a Ouija board or if you use like other talking devices like the the radio frequencies or the human pendulum or like pendulums in general dowsing rods like ghosts can lie or spirits can lie and make up whatever the fuck they Mm -hmm. want to make you feel comfortable like that's a huge thing especially when it comes to like darker entities and it's like i don't know how much i would trust it because like are they trying to scare you by being like oh i'm like the fucking jack the ripper or i'm gary the old man who lived here 400 years ago i don't know right yeah i don't know sketch um, another well-known spirit, and the last one that we'll talk about, is Samuel Lee himself, who built that original structure in the area, and he apparently continues to walk the floors of this one as well. Um, he also had a kiddo named Thomas, who is uh, estimated to be between six and eight years old, who I guess walks with his dad down the hallway. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's old Tooele Hospital slash Asylum 49. I think... Um, having, like, a haunted attraction there probably amps a lot of shit up. Like, a lot of energy? Yeah. Totally. I, I, I always wonder if, like, ghosts kind of get created from that. Like, you go in with an expectation of, like, being scared and... Well, yeah, and if um, there's jump scares and you're screaming and there's some, like, polter yeah. or some kind of weird ghost that, like, gets off on that shit... Yeah. Oh, it's gonna go crazy. Yeah. I believe... Now, none of my research really talked about this, but I believe this is the the haunted house that like half of it was like half the building was the haunted house while the other half was still like a nursing home for a while correct and none of like the podcasts i listened to really talked about that which seemed weird but i recall that in ghost adventures and like the residents had a lot of issues yes i remember in the first time they go there they end up like talking to some residents and they're like yeah this is creepy and then there's one nurse i think it was a male nurse he gets interviewed by them he gets fired like right after the interview because he's basically telling them like i've seen this thing on video camera like these dark shadows we see like all this shit happened like he's telling them all kinds of stuff he gets fired so then they bring or it's a female regardless it was somebody who worked there and then when they when they go back um they re-interview that person not realizing that well i mean they probably found out because they had to contact them but and yeah they were like i got fired 
because of the things that I told you guys. And it's just insane. And like, yeah, by that time, I think the nursing home had shut down. And I think the yeah. owners were doing something else. I, I don't remember. I, I'm guessing that they probably just Asylum expanded. 49 probably bought the whole thing. Oh, totally. So I don't, know. I don't know either. But yeah, that's that's definitely a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, you can totally go there and do ghost hunts or go to the haunted house. It's, it seems to be running year round, like whether it's nice. half the year is the haunted house or half the year is ghost hunts. So that'd be fun. That would be fun. Faux show. Uh, if you want to do that, you can go to www.asylum49.com or uh, www.utahghost.org. Utah ghost. Utah ghost. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, mine's a little bit long, and I didn't realize until I started scrolling through. So, uh, buckle in. I'm talking about... Um, I have a theme, I guess, about talking about completely, like, towns that are haunted. Cool. So, we're going to talk about Jerome, Arizona. Sick. Uh, there are words in here that I cannot pronounce, and I apologize in advance. So, uh, yeah, seriously. Jerome was established in 1899. It's located in Yavape County. Uh, it's approximately 100 miles north of Phoenix and 45 miles southwest of Flagstaff on State Highway 89A. The town sits perched on a hillside at an elevation of over 5,000 feet in the Black Hills of Arizona. The Hohokam people were the first inhabitants of the vicinity of Jerome. They were peaceful they farmed from 700 ad to 1125 ad uh, later other native american tribes would come into the area and work with the nature things that they had going on and they would make goods and everything else that they uh, like blankets and stuff so then in the late 16th century spanish explorers surprise arrived in the area to find gold however they did not stay to mine the area when uh they determined that the copper mines basically that in the area were not worth going into any further uh so then in 1875 the first mining claims a mill site were located near presence uh Jerome of B, and there's like two large cone shaped hills that are called Cleopatra Hill and Wood Shoot Mountain, which is where they would mine in. Uh, the claims uh, were purchased by the United Verde Copper Company, organized by Frederick Triddle. The camp was named Jerome for Eugene Jerome, a major financer of the United Verde Copper Company. Uh, so then they did like some blasts and stuff like that to help mine the copper, and that was produced. Uh, 1883 to 1884. So then 1887, they closed operation. And then, then a year after, in 1888, William Clark bought a majority of the stock and developed the operations into a profitable, profitable business. The small blast furnace produced nearly 1 million in copper and is on display now in Jerome. Mm. Uh, new ore bodies were found in the mining operations grew, a uh, new smelter uh, and narrow gouge railroad to mine line were built i have no idea about any mining terms i'm so sorry i'm just literally taking what was <laughs> on the pages of my sources <laughs> um eventually the smelter towns of clarkdale and clemenceau um they were built to handle the ores and things that were being mined in and around Jer jerome so like it's making like the small like mining community of like different towns um, and then during those years in the early 1900s, Jerome was a diverse community with over 30 different nationalities inhabiting the town of nearly 15,000 people. Uh, that's kind of super diverse yeah. for 15,000 people. 
Uh, during the latter part of the 19th century, at least five major fires ravaged, obviously, <laughs> through yeah. the wooden buildings, obviously. And then despite resistance from George W. Hull, Jerome's largest landowner, a uh, there was a, like basically no water supply for firefighters to like fight these fires. So they like lost everything. In 1899, the County Board of Supervisors granted incorporation for Jerome. Uh, the new council promptly outlined a fire district and building code was adopted. Then, then they designed things that were not made out of wood. Um, and then the Depression happened and everything started to go downhill. But it's they're not done yet with the like really bad shit. Uh, then there were <laughs> severe like slides that happened in Jerome that it caused even more damage. All of the vegetation for miles had been killed by smelter fumes, and that also caused runoff and soil erosion. So they couldn't make like anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, after their ores played out, an open pit blasting started, and blasts of five thousand pounds of explosive rocked the town. Tunnels were dug then filled with large amounts of explosives, ranging from 50 to over 200,000 pounds, and detonated. Uh, and then, guess what happened? Major slides happened after those blasting ev- events. So. Mining is bad. It's so bad. It's just so bad. So then major mining activity ceased in 1953, and the population dropped to under 100 by the late 1950s. It went from this booming mining community to nothing. They're like, fuck this. Yeah. Uh, the t- the decline of the town was uh, basically sped along because the demolition of sound buildings for the materials, lack of maintenance, and large snowfall in 1967 destroyed more of the remaining structures. And the 1953, whatever re- remaining residents formed the historical society to pre- preserve their their town. Right. Uh, Jerome today is known for its tenacity to survive in the face of impending economic, environmental, health, and topographic. Ca- catastrophe catastrophe um obviously crashing copper prices the sliding topography mud fires disease are among natural and man-made disasters that plague the town throughout the 20th century um i just talked about all that the mines the workers the used and went into um like in the 1960s and 1970s were just now basically part of history and jerome wanted to maintain its mining heritage it's his like kind of gone into more of like an artistic little thing with the mining thing but they really are still like embracing that so they currently have a population well i guess according to 2010 u.s census they had a population of 444 so they've gone up but not like that much um so jerome is like part of like artists musicians writers business owners historians um and they're trying to just build like this beautiful new community um so currently a major attraction for tourists to the area is obviously the wonderful view that jerome does provide it's like like i said over five thousand feet and it overlooks the verde valley and the red rock cliffs of the magolan rim uh and then, obviously, the San Francisco peaks that are 50 miles to the north. But tourists aren't just attracted to the amazing views. There's also ghosts. There's also ghosts. <laughs> so, I'm going to start by talking about several different locations. And I'm sorry, it might be a little redundant. But literally, this whole town is fucking haunted. So, 
Let's start with the Jerome Grand Hotel. It's a mission-style building with various shades of red, beige, blah, 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 your typical Arizona building, I believe. <laughs> um, and it has a 100-year-old elevator that tastes obviously guests to their rooms. Uh, since it was built in 1996, there have been paranormal stories to go along with the building. So what yeah. would that be, do you ask? Yes, I do. So before it was a hotel, do you want to know what it was? Uh, mortuary. No, take another guess. What is that, like another super haunted thing that you like literally just talked hospital. about? Hospital. Yeah. Um, it was called the United Verde Hospital, and it was uh, that opened in 1927, which if you visit, you can still get vibes of that today with like the industrial lights in the hallways, the like clinical layout, like you said earlier, like yeah. hospitals have a specific look, uh, like the doorways, the hallways. So there's so many different stories about the history of the hospital besides obviously people dying there uh there were tales of suicide accidental deaths and even murder a caretaker apparently killed himself in the boiler room 1935 a maintenance man claude harvey was found in the basement crushed by the elevator just like the adolphus hotel claude is said to haunt the elevator today uh though many people believe that claude accidentally was crushed by the elevator there are theories that he either jumped to his death or he was pushed Hence the possible murder. Um, either way, it is believed that nearly 9,000 people died in the hotel slash hospital uh, before it became the hotel. That is a lot of people. 9,000. I don't know what's typical for like a hotel. Uh, not a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> for a hospital in like a given year. But and that like, seems like a lot. The hotel opened in 96, but the hospital opened in 27. So that's like. 70 years. 70 years. That's like 1,000 people a year that's insane more than no no that's not right no it'd be like a hundred people a year oh you're right you're right no no for nine thousand people it wouldn't be a thousand because it would have been open for oh you're right you're right math's not good for me sorry guys math is not good for me (laughs) (laughs) eventually the copper obviously i talked about that before that whole copper boom stopped hotel shut down and the building was abandoned and until 1994, when it was purchased and restored by, to into the Jerome Grand Hotel. I think I meant hotel. The hospital shut down because of the co- copper boom. My right, bad. Right. Um, so in 1994, the Jerome Grand Hotel became the new thing. Throughout the hotel, there are many things that someone can experience. Apparently, spirits roam the halls. Ooh. Um, there's reports <laughs> of objects moving, ghostly figures, orbs in the hallways. But even more creepy that I think um, I might lose my mind if I heard this gurneys getting pushed down the hallways oh yeah fuck no when you're at a hall like a hotel and you yeah, just hear nope. a gurney but um that's a nightmare totally what's even more uh fun is that according to general manager chris Alther, he states quote we were skeptical and didn't skeptical and didn't believe it in the beginning we only had six rooms open at first and immediately began receiving reports from guests hearing voices and a hospital gurney in the hallways but no one was there end quote What's even more fun is that the hotel has, like, guest books, like Airbnbs, where you can, like, write about your experiences. And Chris claims that they fill a 300-page journal each year. Good boy. Yeah. Uh, Chris even has had his own paranormal experience stating, quote, I once received a phone call at the front desk uh, from an unoccupied room, heard a lady say something, but it was inaudible. I called back. There was no answer. Walked up there, and the room was vacant. End quote. The one spirit that has lurked in the building for many years is one of an old bearded miner. He has no name because they don't give him a name because he doesn't have a name. 
He's just an old bearded miner. His, ex- his I'm sorry, his appearance is reported uh, first by a hospital patient having seen the bearded man glide down the hallway and then turning on all the lights on his way down the hallway. Let's make up a name for him. Uh, Peter. Gary. Peter. Another nurse during the time of the hospital uh, reported seeing the same bearded man standing at the very end of the hallway. However, when she approached him, the man mysteriously poof, vanished. Well, like, I don't even know what I would do. Yeah, no, fuck that. that That'd be so bad. Um, today, the hotel guests continue to report spying uh, the, or seeing the ghostly vision of the bearded man, especially on the second and third floors. Hotel lobby doors are seen opening and closing by themselves. Chairs are rearranged while the desk clerks aren't looking and items fly off the shelves in the gift shop and lobby. Uh, the lobby also, like Chris was saying earlier, gets calls from empty rooms. And the elevator not only has just Claude, but apparently a very finely dressed woman in white, it's always a woman in white, is seen in the uh, elevator as well. The basements, there are tales of a shadowy man going around, often seen near the stairs or the elevator. The spirit isn't apparently the most kind and is described as angry, and people believe that it is Claude looking for his murder. Murderer. Uh, the third floor seems to be the most active, and this is where the gurneys are heard the most, uh, that, because this is where, uh, like, surgical operations was carried out when it was a hospital. Ooh. Yeah. There's even my favorite little ghost kitten that jumps onto beds and, like, walks around, and there's also an, a little boy who's six years old that's spotted on the third floor. Uh, on the third floor is room 32, which is apparently the most haunted. It is a former hospital guest room that has a balcony and is possibly the location of two suicides. One being a former miner who was handicapped and had to get around in a wheelchair. Apparently, somehow he climbed over the balcony railing and fell to his death. The second reported suicide was a businessman who just shot himself. Um, a TripAdvisor review of room 35 which I think is interesting. Those are always the best. Yeah, the I'm reading it verbatim, so there's some spelling errors, just an FYI. So if I say something weird, I'm sorry. Okay, so this is verbatim, the TripAdvisor review. My husband and I were staying in Sedona and decided to spend the night in Jerome at the Jerome Hotel. We asked to stay in room 35. The hotel is very clean and the rooms were small but nice. Room 35 is where a little boy is at. Well, our experience started around 9 p.m. and never stopped. Streams of light through the night in room. We backed up to the rock cliff and the drapes were closed. My... That makes no fucking sense. My husband was awakened by something tapping him very hard in the arm. Got an answer to the question when we asked Daniel how old he was. Someone said eight. We had a great time and got a lot on pictures and evidence. This is a must-see if you're a paranormal person. Haunted hamburger was awesome. Is that like part of their bar? Probably part of their restaurant. They probably have like a haunted hamburger. Um, Have a giant piece of chocolate cake. That's it. (laughs) That is quite the review. I had to put my finger down because I was like, I can't. I have to focus on each individual word. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I think it's interesting that she's like... I, I don't know why I'm assuming this is a woman. I apologize. They're like, uh, we had to stay in room 35 when it's 32 that's the reportedly most haunted, but whatever. Third floor, you're fine. So now let's talk about the a completely different building. The Lawrence Memorial Hall, which is also called Spook Hall, um, is home to a 
Apparently, uh, locals give it the title of a forlorn soul as a woman who hangs out in the area and is seen moving in the direction from the memorial hall towards the hospital slash hotel and then just vanishes. Um, this memorial hall is like a community center and it used to be a J.C. Penney store back in the day. Uh, before the building was built, it was uh, in its place stood several small shacks referred to as cribs. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you see where this is going. And it was used by sporting ladies who lived there to entertain their guests. Um, in one of these lived a prostitute who was stabbed to death by a minor, Kel Surprise, because men are the worst. It is the, this is supposedly the forlorn soul that is seen to haunt this area. Uh, the Mile High Inn is the next one, which I cannot believe they stole Denver's title for an Dicks. inn. But it's fine. Um, originally, it was built in 1899, and it was known as the Clinksdale Building. Built over the ashes of a burnt, like, outbuilding, the new structure had 18-inch thick walls to make it as fireproof as possible. 18 inches? Holy shit. Um, sometime later, the building became a home of Madame Jeannie Banters, and she owned a popular bordello, where Jeannie and her ladies obviously entertained the men, and Madame Banter is known as one of the richest women in North Arizona. Later, when the town began to, began to take more civilized uh, changes, the bordellos were forced to move their business off Main Street, and uh, then... The, quote, husband's alley of Jerome was born. Though Madame Banter had done well for herself, she too allegedly lost her life to a client after moving from the Main Street location to the husband's alley. By this time, prostitution was illegal and continued to thrive in Jerome until the late 1940s. In the meantime, the building became a hardware store on the lower level and the upstairs portions was used as apartments. And then... Obviously, like anything over time, it was just housed several businesses until it became the Mile High Inn. The It's like an A-room uh, inn. It caters to not just Jerome tourists, but also continues to play host to Madame Banter herself and several other resident ghosts, including a phantom cat, again with the kittens, um, as he walks around the halls and leaves footprints on beds. Oh, that's so precious. Um <laughs> As in life, Madame Banter is the most popular of the inn's uh, guests. The former Madame of the brothel is often seen in the lariat and lace room, as well as keeping an eye on the kitchen, where she lets her presence be known. <laughs> this seems kind of funny to me. She lets her presence be known by flying objects. <laughs> she just, She's just like, shit psh, around. Psh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but she does it if it's not put away properly. So she'll be like, you fucked this shit up. Um, in addition, she has been known to move things uh, throughout the inn, including furnishings and smaller objects, as well as rotating ceiling fans. Hmm. Um, often, she's said to turn radios on in rooms, and uh, like that's when the maids come down to clean them. So. Right. so the kitten has been seen a number of times by staffing guests who often stop to pick her up. However, before they get the chance, that cat obviously disappears. It's been known to brush up against people, especially those working in the kitchen or, like, hanging out in the restaurant. And, um, like I said, you can see little paw prints on, like, the made beds. Like, so, imagine, like, a stiff, crisp comforter. You just see little cat paw prints. <laughs> um, visitors at the end have also reported hearing a cat's meow and the sound of a cat, like, sharpening its claws. So, you know, that sound like... Yeah. Um, the cat is thought to have been Madame uh, Banter's, uh, like, pet. So that's cute that they're, like, together in the afterlife. 
Yeah. Um, an elderly gentleman is also said to roam about the inn. He, he's apparently a friendly apparition. He's dressed in vintage work clothes, a uh, felt hat, and he can be seen in the alley walking near the pillow talk room. <laughs> Jesus. Is it called that? It's, I, I, it's in my notes. It says, quote, pillow talk room. Oh, my God. Yeah. In this room, he's also reported to leave his indentation in the bed. <laughs> He also rearranges <laughs> pictures of wall hangings or puts them in the armoire, armoire in the kiss and tell room. Yeah. Wow, he has the most interesting rooms here. Um, the armoire doors here have also been known to open and close on their own. There's another younger man who's there that's not so friendly. He evidently leaves, uh, I'm sorry, he loves to startle guests and staff. Though he doesn't hurt anyone, he will blow cold winds through guest rooms and has been known to appear as a shadowy figure in the Victorian Rose Room as well as the restaurants. He is apparently believed to not be um, friendly because he gives the look of disapproving. Uh-huh. Like, what? <laughs> how can you get that from a shadowy figure? Um, another, like, other things that happen, like doors open and close on their own. Like I said, rearranged furniture. Things fly off. Uh, the cold winds, uh, like, all the... The normal ghost stuff. The most active place in the building is probably the restaurant, the kitchen. People hear whistling in the bar area and metal signs fly off the walls. Uh, Women have heard singing. Um, Electrical devices go off and on on their own. You know, more typical stuff. Yeah. So now let's talk about the Connor Hotel. This is just down the street uh, from the Mile High Inn. It was first built by David Connor, and it was called Connor's Corner, and it was made in 1897. The three-story brick hotel offered 20 guest rooms, as well as a saloon, card rooms, billiards, blah, blah, blah. Um, The... Basically, it was very successful at first, but it within a little bit of a year, was destroyed by a fire in September 1898. But thankfully, David Connor had the foresight to buy insurance on the property, which was very rare back then, I feel like it. So then he was able to immediately rebuild the hotel after the first one burned down. And then after the next several years, Jerome would see more fires, but the Connor uh, and the Connor Hotel would be damaged and rebuilt with insurance money again and again. Okay, so it was going through, like, the build, rebuild, build, rebuild, and eventually, 1931, it closed, uh, and it was passed on to David Connor's son, who would rent out the ground floor for commercial businesses, but the upstairs hotel rooms basically stayed vacant. So, let's go on, like, the mining happens, the decline happens, but then in 1980s, it closed again due to safety violations and remained empty up until the 21st century. However, in 2000, the current owners began to renovate the hotel, bringing it up to the safety standards and renovating the rooms to, like, its original historic splendor. So visitors today enjoy not only the wonderful blends of past and present, but in room one, a tale circulates that the first guest to stay at the hotel, who was an electrician, uh, was frightened by whispers and sounds of women laughing in the room, and later he felt chills in the room and spent the rest of the night sleeping in his van. Uh, since that time, other strange events have been reported, including armoire doors opening on their own, uh, and then odd images appearing in photographs. I don't know what they mean by that, but that's what was said. Uh, then in room two, it is said that objects tend to move around, uh, including furnishings and then small items, even guest items. Room four, guests and staff have reported to hear a dog's growl and an old man coughing. 
So then we're going to talk about our last hotel. Apparently, Jerome is full of them. Uh, There's the Ghost City Inn. So just like all the other locations, it lives up to its reputation and its fucking name uh, with a spirit uh, or two or five or seven in the building. Uh, Originating, I'm sorry, originally the building was a boarding house for middle mine managers, but over the years... Obviously, it's been a variety of uses because the mining declined. Um, It became a private residence eventually for a Garcia family who owned it for more than 50 years. And then eventually it served as a restaurant, funeral home, which this first clue is why it's haunted, and then an art gallery. Then in 1994, the building underwent major restoration, which is, you know, the perfect spell for more activity. And then they turned it into the bread and bread <laughs> the, the bed bread. and breakfast that it is bread today and breakfast <laughs> um <laughs> so um allegedly the building is said to remain home to a female spirit who most often seen in the cleopatra hill room also what is up with all these hotels like naming the room specific things that's weird is that weird yeah it's like the the one before this what was it the Co- connor hotel yeah it was like room one room two and then the other ones are like the kiss and tell room like how do you reserve that like uh yeah we would like uh can i have the the hand hand job room please <laughs> the the handy and blowy please okay. thank you um anyways uh so the cleopatra hill room uh is where a female is seen and then another male spirit is seen in the hall outside of the verde view room and then naturally Uh, your typical ghost activities doors slamming things moving voices being heard when there's nobody there blah 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 blah. so just below the hotel uh in the cleopatra hill is like cleopatra hill the actual like place hill not the room (laughs) um is an abandoned building that was once a clinic it was here that many people died of the 1917 flu epidemic. Uh, the building has long since had a reputation of being haunted, obviously. And then there's tales of seeing people in the windows of like an abandoned building. Mm-hmm. So further down the slope is an old uh, Pascal church, Piscible? which is yeah, tomato potato, <laughs> which is where a white misty figure is often seen. And um, then there's beneath the streets of Jerome and because there used to be tunnels and, like, mine shops and stuff, there's, like, several abandoned areas down there uh, that are apparently haunted by a miner who's called Headless Charlie. I'll let let that sink in. Uh, Apparently, he was decapitated in a mining incident a few years ago, and his head was found, but his body was never discovered. It's usually the opposite, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, the body's way bigger. Yeah. Uh, so I think this is the only reason why they know his name, because he's probably one of the few people that was ever decapitated in the area. <laughs> so it's a good, tri- it's a good like, trial here as to which one's Charlie. No um, almost immediately after his death, miners began reporting hearing unexplained footsteps and unexplainable uh, footprints. And they would see a shadowy, headless silhouette. Uh, many believe that his spirits continue... Spirits, his spirit continues to stalk the dark halls beneath the city, um, which I don't re- like recommend going down there because that seems kind of sketch. Um, probably has two spirits, one for his head and one for, one his, for body. his body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, but of course, in this crazy town, we have to talk about the cemetery. Who is also who? It is also haunted. Uh, visitors have had numerous reports of dark figures moving about and the sound of footsteps and distant voices. The old cemetery has 
graves dating back from 1897 to 1942 and apparently is filled with so much so many spirits in the past that it is affectionately known as ghost city um and has been for visitors and residents basically coin it then they're just like well if you don't believe it come here because you'll believe in a heartbeat (laughs) so i'm done talking about all the nonsense and I have to tell you, my favorite part about this is that our boys <laughs> have been to the Jerome Grand Hotel. They were there in 2011, peak ghost adventures. And they <laughs> they caught uh, on the episode door slamming, voices, dark masses, and a crew member even felt numbness and tingling in their extremities. You should go to the hospital. That could be a heart attack um, or a stroke. So... Then, obviously, it's also featured on Sightings, the TV series. Um, You can go and do a ghost tour of the uh, city. They've been doing them since 2008, and it is apparently the original Jerome Ghost Tour. So, literally, that's what it's called. Um, The members of the Jerome Chamber of Commerce and the Jerome Historical Society have created this ghost tour. So, you know, it's going to be, like authentic and it's a two-hour walking tour yeah so be prepared but as you can assume i gave you a lot of places so there's a lot of things to cover um times vary so check their website it's like 45 dollars for adults and 20 dollars for children um i think the children ages are 12 to 7 and then they request that there be no children under seven so i think that's very interesting um, most of my information came from Tours of Jerome, the 12 News of the area, uh, AZ Central, I, um, TripAdvisor, obviously, Legends of America, and the Jerome, um, Arizona government website. I totally forgot to give you my sources. That's okay. Do you want me to give them right now? If you want to. Okay. Uh, per usual, History Goes Bump podcast really did good work, and they helped me out on this quite a bit. And then, uh, obviously, Asylum49.com, and then the, the city webpage for uh, Tuella. But yeah, that is uh, Jerome, Arizona. Sick. Pretty cool. If you are in the Phoenix area, it's just like a, what did I say, like 50 miles away, so like an hour drive. Not bad. Not bad at all. I don't think so. Cool. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else? No. Okay. Um, thank you guys for listening again. I know we've been kind of distant for the past few days or weeks but thank you and if you like it please uh subscribe i'm just kidding um if you like the video like it if you dislike it just like it that's not what i say no more time i've been watching too much gonna get that uh twitch (laughs) so uh but for real you can check us out on instagram at who knew podcast i'm really bad at updating it because social media sucks on my mental health and i will do the best that i can but if you're interested there is a link tree where you can find other things that we do such as patreon um Etc. Etc. Do you have anything else to add? Nope. Oh, you can email us, which is probably the best way to communicate with us because, like I said, social media is not my favorite. Um, It's who knew podcast 666 at gmail.com. So please email us. Um, If you don't have anything nice to say, just remember what your mom used to tell you shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's all I have. (laughs) Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Bear says bye.